I'm Tom Payton, and this is SEO in 2023 Additional Insights. Tom, what's your additional insight for SEO in 2023? My insight is to focus primarily on user experience and optimizing for the, the user journey, basically. Okay, um, optimizing for the user journey. So maybe let's drill into specifics that uh, hopefully positively impact organic search. So what sort of user experience should be should you be optimizing for? So if we kind of distill it back into the, the kind of core elements, this is really just about thinking that you as an individual, if you go onto a website or you're trying to make a buying decision, engage with any brand, what kind of things would you like to see? So from the navigation of the menus, how easy is it for me to find where I want to get to on your website? All the way to asking the question of, can I trust this individual? Now, as SEOs, we might know a lot of these things as, you know, the EAT guidelines. And, you know, there's a lot of this terminology that's thrown around in the SEO space. But I think just boil, taking it back to basics and thinking about what would I want to experience as a potential someone who's going to engage with a bat, brand, buy a product, buy a service, what would I want to see? What experience would I want to have? And I think when we focus on that, instead of getting caught up in the nitty gritty, it can really help to just not only bolster our rankings and bolster the traffic we're getting, but also protect us from algorithm updates. Because if you look at any of the algorithm updates that have happened over the past 10 years, they have all been focused around giving users a better search experience. And I think when we go outside of that. Is there still a case for squeeze pages? Because what you're initially sharing there is you were talking a lot about navigation and um, what the user is next looking for. Squeeze pages traditionally enhance conversion rates, but they're not necessarily great for users in helping them find an alternative. And they're not necessarily great for search engines because they don't show other links on your website necessarily. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And it, there's always been this kind of debate, especially in the SEO space around the use of squeeze pages, right? The way I see squeeze pages is for paid traffic, we do still want to use them because statistically, like we do a ton of stuff in my agency on conversion rate optimization. From all the tests we've run, if you can simplify, strip out that menu header, get rid of options, you're generally always going to see a higher conversion rate. But as you said, with SEO, I think Google does put a lot of value on giving people an easy user experience. So there are some things we can do to take a hybrid approach, though. And like you'll see with a lot of very high converting websites, what they do is instead of having a ton of items in their menu header, they might subcategorize things better. So they put things into like sub subcategories. The use of like mega menus is another great one where you're able to condense the amount of options somebody sees when they land on a website. So you're eliminating confusion, but you're also still retaining the SEO benefits whilst also improving that user experience and subsequent conversion rate as well. Okay, if you if you 
doing that, if you're going for that compromise, if you like, does that mean that that sort of page, and we're potentially going off topic a little bit here, but is that sort of page a good landing page for PPC as well? Or for, for paid search, do you tend to always see pages that are designed specifically for that medium? It, de- it depends on the objective of that paid search campaign, because if it, for example, if we're running like a top of funnel campaign, where we're more looking to kind of call out a particular audience, we're later going to retarget them. A lot of the time we will use blog content for top of funnel campaigns because it's just the purpose of that click, the purpose of that campaign is to get our audience to raise their hand and to demonstrate credibility, authority, and trust. That's what we're looking to do. And we are then going to retarget them. So actually we want to encourage at that stage, people clicking around and, and them getting to know about the brand. It's only when we're then driving that conversion later in the funnel, that's when we may use squeeze pages. Got you. Okay. Um, But obviously your core tip is around enhancing user experience and perhaps even assisting your SEO efforts by doing that. So how does an enhanced user experience actually deliver on increased organic traffic? So there's a few ways really, like if we think about this you know, again, like distilling this down into its in, into its different elements. One of the things that we want to see, like that users would want to see, is a page that is specific to them, right? And this is kind of you know, SEOs have known this for a very long time, but having dedicated pages for a particular product, a particular service, a particular category is going to give you more chance of ranking for that keyword because there's more specificity there. But that also just happens to align with user experience. So the reason I kind of give improve the user experiences is very broad term is because I think it reduces the overwhelm that is often associated with SEO, right? The thousands of different algorithm factors, and I've got to think about this and oh, blimey, what are Google going to do next? If you just think about what would make this website better for the user, Nine times out of 10, you're going to be in a, you is probably going to help your SEO as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. So, so where does the importance of improving your user experience lie in relation to other SEO activities? Because I'm thinking that things like maybe the technical health of a website, making it faster, and perhaps doing basic optimizations such as page, page titles could be more important initially to get the uh, understanding from search engines? Is it more or less um, important than those areas? And there are, are there other perhaps areas of SEO that you could list that you think are less important than user experience? So I would argue that it's actually one and the same thing. You know, like the, if, if we're looking at the technical SEO, the titles, the optimizing the titles, optimizing the page speed, I mean, blimey, that page speed is a massive factor in user experience. Like if I'm having to wait a minute for your page to load or there's elements shifting around on the page, you know, like Google are looking at a lot of these core web vitals, it's a huge hindrance in the user experience. So I think, again, it's, it's, it's really that this tip is just about helping to reduce that overwhelm. Now, in, in response to your question about priorities, it's really going to, from what I've seen, vary depending on the industry you're in. So for example, if you're competing in an industry where there's very little competition, the work you need to do 
is going to be in direct relation to generally and in proportion to what your competitors are doing? Because that's the benchmark Google have got for that particular keyword. So let's say, for example, you know, you're in an industry where there's tons of competition. All of the top ranking websites are super fast loading, very well optimized content. We then need to pay a lot of attention to the website speed, the website content. If we're in an industry where every single website is equally slow as ours, we don't really need to pay a massive amount of attention to that. So I I would say from a prioritization standpoint, it comes to looking at what is the competitive landscape like and what other choices do Google have? Because I think that's very often what it comes down to, right? Like what other choices do they have to rank above yours? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I like this way of looking at SEO. It helps to explain to people why SEO is important, but um, I guess it's a a more simplistic way of deciding upon what's the most important thing to do next. Because obviously within SEO, there can be hundreds of different things that you could be doing and you have to learn how to prioritise. Does this also assist with training? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of SEOs, SEO managers, training other marketing departments within organizations, do you tend to recommend leading with user experience when training others on SEO? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because it, it, it's, it's one of those things that is going to impact every single area. It impacts the SEO, but it also impacts other teams as well from, you know, just general UX, CR, conversion rate optimization all the way to paid, all the, even to like user retention, you know, and some of those more backend metrics. Because if, you, if you've got rubbish user experience, people probably aren't going to be coming back to buy from you again. So it really does impact all areas. So yeah, I think from a training, it kind of does cascade down into all of these areas, really. And, and, it, and it just kind of really allows you to recenter. And how do you ensure that you don't miss anything? Because it's all well and good, I guess, to to look at things from a user expe- uh, perspective, but that's not necessarily the way that a search engine perceives it all the time. That's true. That's true. And I, I do think, you know, there's, of course, as SEOs or whatever, you know, segment of marketing you're working within, it's so important to stay up to date with what's happening, like AI, for example. Like what is what is going on? in the kind of near term and long term that could potentially impact this. It just so happens that again, nine times out of 10, those things are user experience. They're always to do with that. But again, the the nuance here and which bit should we focus on first, it is important to still have that kind of understanding of, you know, what's what's coming, both short term and long term. And what about measurements? Do you attempt to measure from an organic SERP ranking perspective, um, what kind of impact user experience and making a change in user experience, such as navigation or perhaps website speed actually has on those rankings? Yeah, so measurement is, I think, one that's, you know, like for any marketer, it's one of those kind of just bottomless pits, really, measurement. And The way I like to see measurement is kind of only looking at the things that matter, like right now, like looking at everything within context, right? This is always like the most important thing. So it's like, you know, for for example, if what what I would always want to do, like if we've had a drop in traffic, let's say, just as as a hypothetical example here, what I would be looking to do is firstly look at what's the keyword 
that has resulted in that drop of traffic. So instead of just looking at all these things, like, oh my God, well, is, our, is it our link profile? Is it this? Is it that? Let's firstly identify what is the keyword that we potentially lost that has big search volume where we've dropped positions that is causing this. Let's now, and if we find one keyword where it's like, okay, we can confidently say this is the issue. We've lost this keyword. This is huge search volume. Now let's look at that particular page or pages that were ranking for that keyword. So we're kind of narrowing down our focus in terms of where we need to be putting our attention because otherwise the issue with measurement, there's a million and one things you can measure. Where do you even start? So I like to see the measurement aspect as just make sure it's contextual to what you're actually trying to achieve from measuring this specific thing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how often do you bake user experience into the strategy that you set? Because I'm thinking that maybe once every three months, once every six months, it might be worthwhile doing a deep dive into what's happening on the website and perhaps setting out a strategy from that. Is there a regular frequency that you recommend for this or is it just on an ongoing basis? So I would actually even just on an ongoing basis and as regularly as possible but even, even if we take out, because you can build in formal processes for this and have checklists and stuff like that, but I would boil this down to just a very, a very kind of fundamental, almost like common sense type exercise. Let's say we've just published a new blog or a new bit of content. It's amazing how often SEOs do this. And even you see this with like web developers as well, they'll create something, but then they don't actually go through that themselves and pretend like they are a user and just do that. Let's just say, okay, let's play this out. Let's say I had typed in the keyword that I'm looking to rank for here and I had landed on this page. Would I be happy with this? Is this allowing me to get to the answer that I want to get to quickly, easily? Do we have a, a table of contents, for example? Do we have images to support what I'm talking about? If I scroll down this page, is it just all text and it's like really difficult to read? Because again, those things, even though this is indirectly related, if you don't have images, even though it's, you know, we can debate about the use of images in SEO, the impact of that is you're going to have a higher bounce rate because it's not nice to consume that content. It's not broken up. It's just loads of text. And that bounce rate, as has been shown in a lot of, a lot of studies, it is probably going to affect your SEO and it is probably going to affect your rankings. So it's really just looking at it from a, you know, process aside, when you publish a bit of content, when you, you know, secure a backlink, whatever you've done, just think about how is this supporting the user here? Is it, is it not easy though for whoever's creating that content to almost go blind to the mistakes? in that piece of content? And is it, yeah, is it necessary to get um, some kind of third party? And if so, how do you recommend setting up that third party approach to review the, the content that's been produced? Very good question. So yeah, like peer review and, and, you know, having whether you kind of do this across your team or have people in other teams to review content after it goes live absolutely is going to be important because it is very easy. And you know, I, I do this all the time myself as well. So, we, you know, we've kind of set up processes internally where we'll, we'll kind of check out other, each other's content, you know, and as, and as painful as it can be, you know, to, to hear you've 
you know, missed something or not done something. And this isn't really, this isn't so much of a, you know, oh, I don't like how this is written. It's more, again, the, the instruction for your team members and anyone who is kind of cross-checking content or cross-checking anything you're doing is, again, user experience. If you were looking for this thing, what, what would you improve to make this a nicer user experience, a better user experience? Yeah, that's, that's a really important point there. So make sure the lenses that you're viewing the content through is just from a UX perspective. Great. Okay, well, you shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? So the thing I, I've seen time and time again, and I fall into this trap as well, is still focusing on the quantity or length of content that we are putting on our websites. It's this kind of thinking of like, more is better. It's, it's such a seductive thing for, for SEOs of like, you know, wanting to, oh, but if, I, if I include this as well, then this is going to be the best article in the world and Google's going to love it. Again, it comes down to this user experience. This was a wake-up call for me when I was looking through my own content and asking myself, hang on, I, all I wanted to know was this. And I've landed on a page that just has tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff on it. It's not particularly useful for me or, or a nice experience for me. So I think what we need to be focusing on 2023 and beyond is, again, just not putting too much emphasis on how much content or the length of content. And I think, again, we're seeing from even articles and, and pages that are ranking in Google these days, they're often not the ones with the most content. They're the ones that most concisely and clearly address that topic that the user had, or it has a lot of trust behind it and all, all of these different factors, right? Trust signals and all of these different things, but it's not so much to do with the content length, but it's such an easy trap to fall into. Lots to think about. Tom Payton is the co-founder at Elevate Digital, and you can find him over at elevate-digital-solutions.com. Tom, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2023. Thank you, David. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to SEO in 2023 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2023 podcast, video series, and book. Find out more over at seoin2023.com.